Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Pervoy Morich on today's news talk radio, TNT. All right, round two and some geopolitical news. Uh, Iron Dome, uh, you know, forget Iron Dome. It's Iron Beam now. Israel reportedly accelerating deployment of laser aerial defense system. This this news story seemed to pass uh, a lot of us by with over 10,000 projectiles launched toward Israeli territory from a various from various factions since the war in Hamas erupted the iron beam would be a game changer uh so basically i guess they'd be using lasers instead of rockets to take down rockets which would be much more much more economical uh as one of the uh people involved uh, says that, quote, our aim is to reach a state where the enemy feels totally powerless. He has to understand that our laser pointers deployed where needed intercept and destroy all his attacks almost instantly after they are launched long before they reach Israeli territory or threaten anyone else. In such a scenario, the activation of warning sirens might even become unnecessary. So uh, the initial deployment of Iron Beam is scheduled for 2025, although its development is currently being accelerated for service as early as 2024. Uh, it's, it's expected to complement the existing Iron, Domes, Iron Dome system, which costs around $50,000 to fire, I think, an, a single interceptor missile. So that is a very interesting development. Uh, also, Intercept reports that Joe, Joe Biden moves to lift nearly every restriction on Israel's access to U.S. weapons st stockpile. However, by easing virtually all limits on Israel's use of the stockpile, Biden could undercut U.S. military preparedness and congress congressional oversight. That's not good for us, Americans and America. Meanwhile, Elon Musk backs Israeli assault on Gaza. Uh, that's coming from RT. He says, if you want security, peace, and a better life for Gazans, then you need to... Oh, no, this is Netanyahu, sorry. If you want security, peace, and a better life for Gazans, then you need to destroy Hamas. You first have to get rid of the poisonous regime, as was done in Germany and Japan. Um, and Musk uh, agreed with that. Musk said, there's no choice. You need to pair firmness and taking out the terrorists and those intent on murder and at the same time help those that remain which is what happened in germany and japan meanwhile our neo-feudal overlords are working overtime this is unbelievable um peter uh sweden this the substack peter emmanuelson reports on how the eu wants to seize your old car to meet climate goals the eu is now found finding more ways to take away your freedoms they want to take away ownership of your old car and scrap it i've been talking about this for a couple of years i was mentioning how this year was the very first year i had to take my car here in mexico for vehicle emissions tests which before wasn't mandatory now they're making it mandatory and if you just extrapolate you understand their end goal their plan you know 
people say, ah, oh, big deal. You got to take your, you know, vehicle emissions check. And I'm like, it, it is a big deal because it's the first step towards, you know, the, the long range plan is they're going to get rid of your car. Because then look what they did in California. I think it was earlier this year, last year. They just declared um, certain semi trucks, like I think made before 2010, illegal. And if you're, you know, a middle class, working class truck driver who spent all of his savings to, you know, 100 grand, 200 grand to to buy out the truck, sorry, you're 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 out of luck. And so. And there was another report as well from this uh, excellent channel. I just discovered Survival Lily, which has a big YouTube channel, I think over a million. Um, and she said in Germany now, insurance, she got uh, a message from one of her subscribers in the insurance industry where basically that's what they're going to do in Germany. They're going to ban old cars. They're going to say you can't insure an old car, which means you won't be able to drive it. So again, you're only, you'll only you'd be able to buy an electric vehicle, a new a digital electric vehicle that can be shut off uh, if you commit a thought crime. So this is where they are headed. Uh, also, Bloomberg reports. I mean, they just don't stop. This is yesterday. Eat less meat is message for rich world in food's first net zero plan. The UN's FAO is set to publish plan for food's climate transition. This is nuts. I mean, I, I visited the FAO and uh, their headquarters is in Rome. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat as part of the first comprehensive plan to bring the global agri-food industry into line with the Paris Climate Agreement. This is, I mean, it says from farm to fork, food systems account for about a third of global greenhouse gas emissions and much of that footprint linked to livestock farming. The guidance on meat is intended to send a clear message to governments. So, yeah. That's they're going to try to, I guess, make meat more expensive, less available in the developed countries and replace it with bug protein. That's what they are actively working on. Also, Guardian reports exclusive King Charles secretly profiting from the assets of dead citizens. The king is profiting from the deaths of thousands in the northwest of England uh, because of a, a, a rule that's that dates back to feudal times. So when we say neo-feudalism, uh, we literally mean that. We're, we're not uh, joking there. Also, French uh, Senate reviewed a draft law that aims to crush dissent using hefty fines of up to 15,000 euros and jail time. Our overlords are working around the clock. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to TNT radio? Why not stream us direct from the website uh, via your desktop, tablet, or mobile, tntradio.live, or download the smartphone app from the App Store. We're also streaming live in living color on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to a new report, DEI efforts in the business sector, spending for corporate diversity efforts has fallen in the months since the U.S. Supreme Court's June ruling on college race-based affirmative action policies. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Ah, yes, a brand new report on diversity, equity and inclusion efforts in the business sector. I love it. 
this report was published this month by San Francisco Bay Area-based DEI consultancy firm Paradigm Strategies, Inc. Who doesn't love them? Uh, and it identified a decline in corporate DEI budgets and a drop in the number of organizations with a set DEI strategy from 2022 to 2023. What happened? Specifically, the authors of the Paradigm Strategies report observed a four-point year-over-year drop in corporate DEI budgets and a nine-point drop in the percentage of organizations that have a DEI strategy. The report's authors specifically noted that they gathered their data in September, just three months after the Supreme Court's ruling in Students for Fair Admissions, SFFA versus Harvard. In that case, the high court ruled that policies that treat race as a specific factor in college admissions decisions violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The report reads, quote, 2023 has undeniably shifted the DEI landscape for years to come. External forces are no longer pushing companies to invest in DEI. Instead, in some cases, external forces are pushing back on companies' investment in DEI, end quote. The Supreme Court's June decision in SFFA versus Harvard applied to typical colleges and universities, but did not address similar policies at military service academies. The Supreme Court decision also did not include specific new guidance for corporate hiring and promotions policies. Nevertheless, several political leaders and activists opposed to race-based affirmative action policies have launched efforts to bring on similar court rulings on race-based affirmative action policies in the corporate world. So it would appear they're listening, paying attention. The American Alliance for Equal Rights, AAER, a legal advocacy group opposed to race-based affirmative action, has brought multiple lawsuits in recent months challenging the race-exclusive grant and fellowship programs of specific business entities. In recent months, multiple Republican state attorneys general have also prepared letters leading U.S. law firms and corporations, sorry, letters to leading U.S. law firms and corporations, warning them against race-based initiatives. The Paradigm Strategies report reads, quote, over the past several months, we've heard from a number of HR, that's human resources, leaders who are de-emphasizing data and analytics as a part of their DEI efforts in response to the changing legal landscape and increased scrutiny on DEI efforts, end quote. Uh, interestingly enough, the authors of the new report offered multiple strategies that they believe can help corporate HR and DEI leaders preserve their corporate diversity programs, but they predicted challenges ahead, Hervori. Uh, to me, that's good news, but probably not so such good news for the DEI leaders in these corporate uh, businesses. What do you think? I think DEI should die. Uh, and some good news. Uh, so I guess it's losing some of its globalist mojo. And what you mentioned, I mean, it's if we think about it, it's ridiculous here it says the the high court ruled that policies that treat race as a specific factor in college admissions decisions violate the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment to the u.s constitution again it's like a lot of the people that they try to paint as 
racists, you know, white Americans like myself, conservatives, like we don't even think like in our heads, I, we're not even thinking in terms of race, you know, like MLK Jr. said, we, we should judge people on the content of their character. I mean, I, again, I married a brown person, a Mexican. I literally became a Mexican citizen over the weekend. I was talking to some Mexican Americans um, and I you know it was, a, it was a, a white American guy with a Mexican wife. Uh, and, you know, we, we play those cards when we have to, when, when they attack us unjustly. And it's like they're bringing back this obsession with race and it's like let's let's get over let's work on my meritocracy um you know the the content of your character and all that sort of stuff i don't want to be going back uh in, in in time and as you mentioned external forces pushing back against dei uh you know m maybe people pull, pulling their money uh out of um businesses or, or or corporations that are pushing dei that's something we need to do more of take your money uh, away from any of these businesses pushing esg dei all this sort of stuff and so, so i think it's some good news ruckus no yeah i find this whole concept about pushing for an inorganic inauthentic push for diversity is going to get you the exact opposite. It's just going to cause division. I mean, diversity can happen organically based on a community like you, you all have something in common because you all live on the same block. Now you're all neighbors, but you all come from different walks of life, looks, shapes, sizes, colors, religions, etc. Right. But in, in the natural world, I mean, how, how many people listening to my voice right now can can honestly say that they go spend their weekend hanging out with a bunch of people they have absolutely nothing in common with? just so that they can say they're being diverse in their their weekend hangouts. No, we hang out with people that we get along with, that we have something in common with across all sorts of different things and reasons. So this this push to force everybody to to hang out with people they don't want to hang out with and just sit there and stare at each other is not going to help those people like each other more. It's going to probably make them like each other less, you know. I would totally agree with what you just said. If you're forced to do something, it's going to it's going to, you know, there's going to come a point where, as, as you mentioned, people in that situation, uh, are, are they're going to explode at some point and uh, best do things organically, authentically. And it, it brings me back to that quote, which I read today um, from Paul Rossi, which I think we also have to keep in mind. We can't also rest on our laurels. You know, he said the peak woke narrative is hopium with each passing day that radicalism is pushed in schools. The new red guard grows stronger so even though this is some good news on dei look i mean the globalists they just evil never sleeps it's it's the eternal struggle uh between good and evil so they're just going to keep coming back at us uh with this any final thought ruckus this is why i try to be good and never evil Harori, because i need my sleep i i absolutely do and coffee's getting expensive these days so i'll, I'll just stay good I was actually talking about coffee with a local toaster here in Mexico and contemplating uh, um, getting my own, growing my own um, coffee beans and toasting them uh, myself. So, so because as you say, they're getting it's getting expensive. All right, we'll catch up with catch up with you uh, tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening, Ruckus. We got Conrad Rogos of TruthAndLaw.com joining us. Feel free to call in. We'll be right back.
TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform, that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. Joining this Rebel transmission for the first time, I think, on TNT is Conrad Rogos, founder of truthandlaw.com. His mission is to help people become free. Thank you for being with us, Conrad. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited, um, and I've been enjoying the show so far. Great stuff. It is my first time. Uh, it's my first time on radio in general, so I'm ready to hit the ground running. Let's go. We've got a lot of tyranny to talk about, <laughs> so thanks again. Indeed, a lot of tyranny to discuss, and not just radio. So it's our second week now into TNT uh, Vision, Radio Vision, so people can uh, see our ugly mugs now, <laughs> as I like right. to uh, put it. And I came across your work recently. I think I saw you on Vinny Eastwood's program, if I'm not mistaken. He's out in um in new zealand who he does great work but if you could tell us a bit about um the work that you've been doing yeah uh, definitely i've talked with Vinny a, a few times he's one of those people who have have been in the arena much much longer than i have uh, so he's inspired me a lot with me uh, my story is is pretty interesting it would it would take a long time but long story short um I never asked to get into this. I never wanted to be a public speaker or anything like that. But the state of the world has has forced me into a position where um, where we got to lay down or or we got to fight. So I basically incorporated the stuff that I was interested in in researching, and the people like you know Vinnie Eastwood. Uh, obviously, I knew what was going on, and basically just had to put my money where my mouth is. So I only started in 2022 with a, a YouTube video presentation called Dependence on Systems of Control. And that's what I've been doing since then. Um, you know, you, you don't go to school for, for something like this. You just have to stand up for what is right. That's interesting that you say that as, as well. And I've uh, a, a few guests, I think, have said something to the along the same lines as you said, you didn't want to become a public speaker. I didn't either. You know, it's hmm. like circumstances forced us to and i'm sure in every generation it's been the same thing you know in high school i was very shy uh, very uh, introverted and 
I, I happen to become a teacher and slowly as you become a teacher, you have to become a bit more extroverted. You know, you're a teacher. And um, I started my podcast because I just needed, I had this burning um, inside of me, this need to talk to intellectuals to figure out what's going on. And that was the reason I started my podcast, even though I was nervous doing it, you know, it, it very initially, it's just, it was uncomfortable being in the public, but uh, that my, my, wanting to know trumped you know any of my other securities and you know here i am podcasting and on, and on radio just like you are and i have to ask i see i noticed i didn't know that where, where you were from but i guess uh you're from chicago or in chicago i'm from poland i'm uh you know i was born konrad rogus so uh, I came here when I was when I was eight, and then so you know people will say I'm from Chicago. You you might not notice it right away, but uh, of course I I have uh, the background. I I know your uh, you, you know your background as well. We we we've been fighting totalitarianism. Our you know our people ha have seen it, so uh, I bring that flavor as well. But yes, we're here in Chicago, so you know we're uh, you know went from one totalitarian regime and now i'm here to see i'm trying to destroy one before it gets built around me so yeah because i i was born in chicago so i'm from chicago and and largely grew up uh in and around chicago so that's pretty cool and i was just gonna say as well uh you know i've, I've talked to pastor uh archer Pawlowski, um the canadian uh, pastor from poland and you know the poles the croats we very much have in our genetics and blood this history of tyranny communism fascism you know my parents came from communism i frequently traveled as a kid to communist yugoslavia my grandpa was a fascist prisoner so on and so forth and so um maybe to talk about america for what for, for a second you know 20 years for 20 years i've been calling the united states of america usa the united soviet states of america the USSA, because I've been seeing this trend of America tr bec um, becoming authoritarian 20 years ago. That was one of the reasons I left, um, but I could see it degenerating culturally, uh, politically becoming on the road to tyranny, and then um, economically deteriorating, because that's part of that cycle. And then, you know, lo and behold, I'm not even in America, I'm in Mexico, but, you know, the, the long arm of the American empire, the Department of Homeland Security bans me from PayPal, you know, uh, last year and so what are your thoughts on what's happening in america and which direction it's 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 going you know it, my first thought is it's much worse in america because america has so much more to lose so it's such a shame that this spirit of of liberty and and justice that really uh really is is here it's never been seen before you could to you talk about greece but that this it's not democracy but this really the living life in the way we are intended to as as you know creations of nature and being able to live for ourselves and not live for others this is a purely american thing so now really it's not a new world order that's that's being brought brought in here it's an old world world order but the unfortunate thing is the tragedy is is that it will be such a much a higher fall than than even we had in in poland so and I see the state of the world in ge in general, uh, in Chicago, and this is all around the world. It's it seems to be hyper acceleration. Everything is, is is being built around us so fast. And while we have more access to information, we 
we have all the access to information, to ideas, that we should be freer than ever before. We we certainly are in a material sense. I you know I have the time to be talking to you. I don't have to be doing sixteen hours hard labor. I only have to do about eight or ten. So so we should be freer, but but we're not because the the twenty first century censorship is actually through saturation and overexposure to information. So that's that's the state. That's what I see going on around me in Chicago, and I'm sure this is in all the other big cities and, and even outside of the cities. There's too much. So it's not that somebody is really keeping the truth from us. It's do we have the discernment to be able to find it? That's a great uh, point. I just came across uh, an article that I shared today from AmericanThinker.com. And uh, in the past, I've had the deputy editor of American Thinker on, I think, Andrea Whitberg, if I'm not mistaken. And this article says, Huxley correctly predicted a vast mass communications industry concerned in the main, neither with the true nor the false, but with the unreal, the more or less totally irrelevant, the media will cater to man's almost infinite appetite for um, distraction. And uh, just to, to further what you mentioned, I feel like as you said, we have access to all this information that helps us figure out what is going on. You know, we could see it coming from a mile away, this digital concentration camp, the insane wars, all this stuff. But it's almost like we can't do anything about it. Like we can see it all being built around, but we don't have the weapons to to stop any of it. It's it's um it's it's like you know, that would make for a good horror film. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can't it's like one of those dreams where Freddy Krueger or Jason are running after you and you're running, but you're you, you, at a slow motion and you can't get away from it. A uh, real quick, Conrad, we got to jump to our headlines. We'll, we'll be right back. Check this out. News Talk Radio. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Palestinian Hamas terrorist group released the fourth group and a total of 50 hostages on Monday, numbering 11 women and children all families whose fathers and husbands remain in Gaza as hostages. An Australian Liberal MP has criticized the extreme green left for leading and encouraging anti-Semitism in schools, saying that Jewish students are feeling increasingly under attack on campuses. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to Conrad Rogos of truthandlaw.com. Check out the website and subscribe to his channels. And Conrad, what would be some of the tyranny that that, that you're noticing the most or maybe that you're most uh, concerned about? Um, well, I, I do a show called This Week in Tyranny, so I'm, I'm in this week by week. And I'll tell you what I've seen in the last several weeks. I've had to do three shows about Israel and Hamas, Israel and Palestine, and then two about climate change. So I'll talk about climate change first. I'm seeing the tyranny. So far, the tyranny is not so much 
physical as it was with the mandates. Uh, that's kind of, of course, we we have that still. We have all this actual tyranny through, you know, this medical tyranny, all the mandates. But it's the ideas. It's this tyranny of what ideas are we going to accept? And are we going to accept the concept that we are living for somebody else and that we are all in this collectivist uh, lot with everyone else? And are we going to let uh, the social engineers now, are we going to let them make us believe that we have to stifle ourselves and turn down the level of human expression, uh, stifle human industry, human production, and then accept the climate agenda? Because if we if we accept that, then we're going to accept, um, you know, A, B, and C until the concentration camps come around because people don't get it. You get this. Uh, people, you know, uh, the Polish people, some of them get this concentration camps are, are 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 the end goal here like this is what's going to happen so the tyranny is going to be incremental of course we we're not going to we might get away with five to ten years of prosperity even but the tyranny that's every day is ideas and ideologies the false ideologies that we are getting bombarded with every day and that ties in with now israel and palestine of course everybody has their opinion on that i would say that we should remember the humanity involved on both sides, right? But then also to, again, reject the ideology that's inherent to picking either side. Reject the false choice because it's going to take us to that end goal of the concentration camps. Long story short, that's where it's going. And either way, we're buying collectivism. There's the um, pro-Palestine protesters that just broke up the uh, Thanksgiving Day parade. And you see that on their banner, they have um, they have something called the Seven Circles Alliance. And then when you go to this, you know, supposedly benign foundation for environmentalism, it's a blatant communist website that, that uses communist slogans: "Burners of the world unite, we are the climate problem." And uh, I just talked about that on my last show. So there's just two examples, and that's off the top of my head. But it's all ideas that the ideologies that were being made to. Uh, to believe yeah I, I, again a recent quote from james lindsay it comes to mind and he was referring to the palestinian uh protesters where the point is the, the issue is never the issue uh it's not about this whole anti-israel uh palestine thing it's about the revolution so the globalist revolutionaries who are using uh, as useful idiots you know the the, the marxists in america um they'll use whatever issue floats their boat at, at the time whether you know it's the 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 covetism um the zelenskyism or the the war in, war in ukraine now israel palestine and then they'll just um, send the message to their shock troops on the ground the new red guard these protesters you're you're, you're mentioning um to further break down divide society break down society the economy so they can then implement more as you say collectivism and and control that's sort of how i um see it but going back to the climate uh, agenda you know they're just becoming much more brazen and open about all of this bloomberg yesterday is talking about how now the develop developed countries are going to have to basically decrease the avail availability of meat now the eu is coming out and saying um basically they're going to ban old cars um you know even in mexico here where i am a developing country the government here is beginning to implement 
these policies, maybe not the measures yet, but the policies, which then slowly are going to, you know, they're doing it slowly, like you said, uh, slower, I think, for now in the developing world than the developed world. But what, what do you think are their end goals with some of these projects? Um, what well, you mentioned with uh, in Guadalajara, they're trying to go uh, what uh, they're trying to go what they're saying carbon neutral or, or zero zero carbon by by 2050. So uh, they've made that clear that that's that's one of their goals. And and really, what the unspoken thing is, they want the end of the combustion engine. They they want the end of the car really because the car is a symbol of freedom. Uh, and really, anything that you can just pour gas into and go, this is now our freedom of movement. And when you you stop the movement of people as human beings, you're stopping the movement of ideas. Again, it's all about information, knowledge, and ideas. And that's what they did to us during the pandemic because of all the travel restrictions. So I see that, you know, and then when you stop people from moving, well, who's, who wants to stop people from moving? I don't know. A serial killer that ties somebody up on the side of the road. That's that's really what it is. They're, they're trying to restrict our movement. Uh, the most important thing I, I convey is that, hey, we're talking about uh, not just evil geniuses. We're talking about straight up uh, sadistic uh, people. And the ultimate goal, their ultimate goal is really a um, torture dungeon. And and really, I, 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 this is why I say it's the most hardcore. More, I do the most hardcore news show on earth because this is the way i've i've seen it you know i'm you're you were born here in chicago so you know i'm seeing this in a very simple way that hey this is going to be imprisonment it's going to be a concentration camp and it's going to be ultimately cannibalism and really this is behind all the ideologies it's a very nasty insidious uh, thing that they're after i wanted to stick on that note a little bit more because I I, I would um, agree with you and you say cannibalism but I mean it's not a joke look um Soylent Green right the I forget the is that was that the name of the movie in the 70s where they talk yep. about basically basically it was the, the film in the 70s which took place in the I think 2023 or, or around this time right now oh, wow. where yeah, ecologically everything you know basically they were promoting the climate change idea before the word climate change you know uh, ecological collapse of society and that basically because of resources you know you you could we couldn't eat meat back then i guess even have access to plentiful fruit or vegetables so we had to eat each other so and green was just they, they took people off the streets um undesirables threw them into a garbage truck mashed them up and out came soiling green which i think what they're doing now with bill gates and all the lab generated foods I think that's the segue ultimately to cannibalism. Like not even a, like this is what they're talking about. They're creating these fake. Uh, I mean, everything that I say, you can just type in into the search and it should pop up. Um, a few years ago, they wanted to create meat with which began as from extracts of human excrement or human protein. Uh, and that, that that's basically soylent green. And then, you know, the, the 15 minute cities, the smart cities, they want to force everyone into the urban areas. You know, we, we, the, the whole globalization process, like here in Mexico, you know, not NAFTA, which is the foundation for the North American Union. In the 90s, NAFTA forced um, 2 million Mexican farmers off their land in rural areas. 
and then f they that forced them into the urban areas because there was no work rurally where they were self-sustainable and now you know they were pushed into the urban areas and you know they're doing this all around the world and i think the camps are like the 15 minute cities but ultimately i mean i don't know how far you think this can go uh you've got the digital concentration camp right but i think that you know we saw them during COVID building actual camps in multiple countries um canada down under um you know F fema camps right in 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 the us i honestly don't doubt because this is what tyranny has done throughout history you know in the soviet union and in, in nazi germany um in in croatia and in, in many other countries i think at some point if we let them get there that they would actually build that we would have both the digital algorithm ghetto uh and then also physical ones your your, your thoughts uh, I love that you say that because I totally agree. And the way these social engineers, the way these people work is I think that all options are still on the table. So yes, they want the city as a concentration camp. And then they also have the digital space. Uh, and, and this is basically like, well, how do you stop a wall of water? You can't just dam it off. You can't just put something in front of it because we would overwhelm them. So we are being steered into these particular directions. So based on our level of resistance, it might it might just be the urban ghetto, it uh, you know, in a physical sense, it might be the digital ghetto and if we push back hard enough, it might be straight up gulags like uh, 70 years ago. It might go that way. Now, they have all options on the table and they're ready to adjust to any situation because these people are who are planning these things they're very comp uh, competent they're confident in their own ability so if we push back against them they'll say okay you got us this time and they keep working they don't stop see it's their level of will that that makes them uh, remain on top so we got to remember that it's not just one thing they're planning there's a plan b and a plan c and a plan d do we have that do we have one for for us you know and I, I do want to get to that on the other side of the break. I forgot what you, you mentioned earlier, serial killers. And that's also how I've been thinking of our governors. You know, I call my governor here in Jalisco. I happened to see him the other week. I'm kind of kicking myself. I had the opportunity to have walked up to him and asked him uh, a question. And I, I didn't, but uh, I call him, uh, his name is Enrique Alfaro, Enrique Adolfo Alfaro, like as, as in Adolf Hitler, because of the insane policies that they're trying to implement. They, they've uh, proposed checkpoints during COVID to exit or enter the state uh, of Jalisco here in Mexico, if you're not vaccinated. Uh, they propose changing the state constitution to mandate um, eugenics, forced injection of of covid vaccines and he just came out over the weekend pushing a carbon 2050 net zero which is death zero basically i call it death zero it's it's a literal eugenics you know holocaust um program uh but j just to add you know in chicago it was reported a couple of years ago that there are even black sites in chicago again i'm not crazy T type it into the search engine I don't say Google anymore. Don't use Google. But uh, there was a story that some years ago, the, the the I think it was the CIA and local maybe Chicago Police Department, they had a, a building that was designated as a black site where they would rendition people and more, more often like the lower class or working class and, you know, people of color, uh, Mexicans. 
and some were tortured and killed by the, the authorities in Chicago. Uh, so when we're talking about this stuff, I mean, it's not too 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 far out, is it? It's not. It's not too far out at all. I'll, I'll have to fire up the search engine, too. No doubt. I, I did a story real quick a couple of shows ago. It was about um, on the outskirts of Atlanta. It was the police, and it was actually uh, they were a torture site. It was like an old abandoned warehouse, and they called. I forget the phrase they used, but yes, they're facing charges for this, and this is just the police, the regular police that was doing this. So yeah, torturing uh, American citizens. Um, I, you know, I have to look into the the story you said, uh, but it doesn't. You said it doesn't surprise you. It doesn't really surprise me all that much either. I, I just typed it in. I just I, I typed in. I use SwissCows.com, Chicago black site. Here it is, The Guardian, uh, from 2015, eight years ago. The title: The Disappeared. Chicago police detain Americans at abuse laden black sites. Accounts describe police brutality, missing 15-year-old, and one man's death. Uh, they disappeared us. Protester details 17-hour shackling without basic rights. The Chicago Police Department operates an off-the-books interrogation compound, rendering Americans unable to be found by family or attorneys while locked inside what lawyers say is the domestic equivalent of a CIA black site. And it's probably not very far where I grew up from. You think this is like North Korea or, or China? No, it's, it's America uh, today. Conrad, real quick, we're going to jump to our break. Uh, the website is truthandlaw.com. Feel free to call in as well. We'll be right back. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back on our final segment with Conrad Rogos of truthandlaw.com. Uh, ruckus out in the interactive live chat over at tntradio.live. Um, again, for people who don't know, you can just, uh, it's the bottom right-hand corner, go to the website there, and then uh, you can comment. If you've got questions for guests, uh, I'll, I'll be happy to ask them. And in New York, uh, they just um, reaffirmed the concentration camps in New York now. There was, uh, I think, uh, a suit to try and get rid of them, uh, but that failed. And so now we've got in New York, I guess they can throw you, they can re uh, rendition you to the concentration camps in New York, I guess, for any reason. Uh, they can say, hey, look, new pandemic. Um, we're going to take you there and, and inject you with whatever we want. You know, Edwin Black talks about that in his books, uh, how this eugenics elite um program has been around for a century principle well, in America you know they, they've been trying to do this since uh, he talks about it like a hundred years ago they were trying to do this in America one of the things I, I I caught him saying was in the 1930s in Ohio the governor was gonna attempting to create a concentration camp in the Ozarks where he would rendition 
people he considered disabled uh, for extermination. I mean, so th this is, th these are the elites in, in America. So, you know, your other thoughts, Conrad, on other uh, issues or, you know, going back to Israel-Palestine, World War Three. you know, the wars going on in, in, in Ukraine, um, the wars they want to start with China and so forth. Well, violence is tyranny no matter who's who's pulling the strings. So it's tough because when you have somebody invading your country, well, it's, uh, this is like, it's, it's hard to say, hey, you know, they're pulling the strings, you're being led in a particular direction. When the physical threat is there, you have to, you know, defend your family, defend your life. Um, that is um, really a tough situation. What, what I say about all of the conflicts in a more, I guess, general sense is I would really, I would really say, let's not worry. Let's not look for, you know, anticipate World War III too much because there's work to be done. Um, the whole idea is we need to advance and meet the tyranny in the street before it's at our doorstep. Because I, you know, I don't know what to say to the to the people in you know in Taiwan or Hong Kong or the people in Ukraine that all of a sudden had somebody with a gun at their door. Uh, it's really too late then, right? Uh, the the dialectic wins at that at that point. So I would just stress that the war is is right now. This, we're we're in it. So 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 this is it. Yeah, the, that's a good point because they also get us hyping up World War Three. Uh, which you know may or may not happen. I, I'm well. I'm of the feeling that it might be <laughs> inevitable, but you know we have to be, uh, I think, anti-war and do what we can to stop it. And y your thoughts on what are some ways we can resist um, against this tyranny? Um, it's it's not a it's not a sexy answer right but but the best way to resist is to be an example of the opposite of tyranny to be an example of the correct way of life and that means li living freely that means self-respect for yourself uh, self-respect respect for others um and really this is the way this is the way the work is going to be done we have to rebuild a real free civilization from the ground up and it has to start from the individual nobody's going to do this for us so i i do a, a series of videos on my channel called the warrior path uh, it's just my personal take on it but w what it really is is the heroic vision of man and and this is the real solution this is what we can do people are doing sustainable communities growing your own food that's great uh talking uh you know talking on podcast radio starting your own website that's great but ultimately it needs to be a hundred percent you have to live this and more and more people are going to do this. We're going to start to make a real difference. But it has. We have to go a hundred percent because remember, our enemies they don't stop. They're they're psychopaths. They're up twenty four seven. They're in this. Now, if we can match their will at least, then we have a chance to win over evil. When when you say hundred percent, my understanding of that would be. You know, with the with the COVID lockdowns, using that as an example, where they came and said to you at work, um, "Take this, take these injections," because it wasn't just one injection. Take these injections, or you're fired. Uh, and and the, the, there's that clip from this film I haven't seen, but um, Christopher Walken, right, the, the great uh, actor, and someone's pointing a gun and says to do something. He's like, "No," and the guy with the gun says, "But I've got a gun," and Walken is like. So what? 
<laughs> you know, like, I don't care. That's like my attitude. So if they say, you know, you got to take these injections, you're going to be fired. And you should be, that should be your Christopher Walken res response, right? Like, no, you can be fired. Well, so what? <laughs> you know, I'll get another job. And so many people capitulated or, you know, put the mask on to enter the establishment. No, you know, <laughs> and just, is that sort of what you mean? Uh, of of course, but it, I'll be honest. Here in Chicago, when when I had to go to, ma I wore a mask to go certain places, and that's that's just a reality. So I've I've lost certain battles in that sense. So when I say hundred percent, now I personally am fully. I am willing to to die and kill for for justice and freedom, no doubt about it. But I'm not really saying we we have to do that. If you, you know, if you've given up, if you've even complied with the mandates, uh, you know, it's all about redemption. You can lose a battle, retreat strategically, and then 100% is that you wake up the next day and you go, okay, today I'm going to win. So it, it, I mean it more so in that way. But yes, I love the Christopher Walken attitude. We need more Christopher Walken-esque type men out here. You know, they're sorely missing. Yeah, and you know, um, there were again a handful of times I had to put on a mask as well to escape Kazakhstan uh i think it what was the airline klm i think and the way this was 2020 and the, the waitress was full-on nazi like i i had it under my i was still in shock at the time like i didn't even have the mask on because it was just so new to me like it was the first time i had to put it on or something and she's like put on the mask and she and i put it on she's like no it's gotta cover your nose if you don't do it you're gonna get kicked off the plane and i'm like well this is the moment do i stay on kazakhstan forever or put the mask on to get back home to mexico and so i don't know it's 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 tough on but but i think my bigger point was if i get what you were saying that in general that we shouldn't make these compromises we should be willing to um you know lose our jobs um lose friendships um you know face other consequences for for you know but in standing up against tyranny and, and doing what's right now yes we, we should be willing to lose it all zero compromise because whatever it is that you love if you really love it don't you have to be true to yourself wouldn't that just be completely forsaking it and turning it upside down whatever you value whatever it is that that you are when when this time comes to comply with tyranny or stand against it there has to be zero compromise and that's the way you earn it it's you know uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths is is the quote and this is really the thing so when, when you think about fear we all have our fears and our anxieties but uh, there, there's nothing more fearful there's nothing that makes me more fearful or or anxious than being a coward or failing in the time where somebody was counting on me so yes zero compromise we need to really be about it we need to be about it and we need to be ready to lose it all because that's the way we earn it all this is the way we make it count you mentioned people building uh parallel structures and societies and this is something often discussed by guests on the program or uh listeners and, and people that I talk to it's something that I'm interested in uh as well w would you ever you know being in Chicago yourself or people that you know do you have this plan B or C to escape city 17 as I call it Chicago or 
you know, go to rural Illinois or to Texas or, you know, Latin America or go back to rural Poland or, or, or something like that, if, if things get too bad? I, I love the idea. I I'm I love the idea of Atlantis or or whatever this this place is and the people that are doing that it's good we need some people just in case we do get overrun so we have somebody that has organic food and has a place to go but long story short not for me I'm gonna stand and fight and I'm gonna stay where where I'm at and you mentioned this in the last hour and I'm totally with you and this is the spirit we need to have because this is not their world that is gonna run us over. This is our world and we've become an alien to our planet. So it's time to be a human being and stand where you are because trust me, you're needed where you are. Where you are is where you're needed the most. So I personally will not be leaving unless I am forced to and then I'll fight wherever I am. So you'll take your chances with the uh, Chicago black side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess um, we got two and a half minutes left. You know, any other thoughts? Something that I also think about is the economy. Um, the the Great Reset Project. We kind of talked about the climate agenda, which it's also neo feudalism, right? To, to wipe out the middle class and create just them and us. And I, I see that as well, very dangerous because the inflation, the cost of living, how they're making uh, home ownership unattainable. Uh, I think that's also uh very dangerous any you know two minutes left any thoughts on that or anything else of course and um the middle class is middle class is one way to think about it but if there was a grassroots upper class they would want that gone first it, it's not that it's the middle class they want they want to get rid of everybody who has anything who has any kind of enjoyment who has any means to provide for their family because these are the people that that have power and these are the people who are going to build real communities uh, communities which are not collectives but groups of individuals and that's how you create strong families strong communities and a strong civilization now they've gotten rid of those the the upper class is all the, the you know they're all part of the of the team of the team that's not us now the middle class is next to go and once they get rid of that it's going to be the poor and, and they are going to be the last to go and then we will all have nothing we'll all be singing kumbaya in the algorithm ghetto or in the soylent green processing <laughs> facility um well, you know, i take richard wormbrand's perspective 14 he was 14 years in the communist prison uh, and he had a he kept a joyful disposition so i like to say i'll i'll be laughing on the way to the gulag um thank you for being with us conrad you got about 40 seconds left tell us um best places where we can find you and your projects yeah thank you so much for having me thank you to the folks at tnt and everybody watching now me truthandlaw.com is the website and from there it'll link to my youtube or whatever platform will not ban me so it might not be youtube for much longer um and then i this week in tyranny is the show this week in tyranny.com coming soon but you could find me at truthandlaw.com and thank you again for having me thank you for being with us hopefully you join us again in the uh future keep up your great uh work i'm signing off steve malsberg is up next keep on rocking in the not so free world <laughs>